All right, welcome back to the listener's commentary on the Gospel of Matthew. In this recording, we're going to be looking at chapter 13, 1 through 23, and in it, we begin the third large teaching block in the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 13 contains that teaching block, and it's a series of parables about the kingdom of heaven. And so this teaching block is typically referred to as the kingdom parables teaching block or something like that. And it revolves around the nature of the kingdom of heaven and how people respond to the kingdom of heaven and why they respond that way. So we need to recall way back from the beginning of the gospel of Matthew that John the Baptist himself came saying, the kingdom of heaven is arriving, repent. And then Jesus himself followed up with uh, that the kingdom of heaven was coming in and through him and that they need to repent. And what we've seen over the handful of chapters since then is that there are a variety of responses to Jesus and his announcement of the kingdom. And what he's proclaiming is the gospel of the kingdom, the good news that God's kingship, his rule and his reign is coming into the world and people are responding to it in a variety of ways. And so what we get in this teaching block is a collection of parables that is going to help us understand, well, help me understand what this kingdom is about. And why are people responding the way they do? As well as some things about why Jesus teaches in parables itself. And so, chapter 13, verse 1, picks up like this. On that day, Jesus had gone out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Notice that Matthew seems pretty precise here, on that day. And that in the very last snapshot we saw at the end of chapter 12, Jesus was in a house when his mom and brothers came to talk to him. And so if Matthew's connection is precise to that very day, as it seems, then it seems like Jesus left that house where his mom and dad were and where he had been teaching, and he goes further out, a little ways outside of Capernaum, and he's sitting by the sea. In fact, I'll put a document in the study hub that shows the traditional location of where this teaching is uh, thought to have happened. It's actually referred to as the cove of the sower now because the very first parable is the parable of the sower. And so Jesus goes out by the sea and large crowds gathered to him. So he got in a boat and sat down and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And so you got a picture of the crowd up on the seashore and it's immediately hilly around there. It's sort of like a natural amphitheater. And so they're standing on the hillside. Jesus is in the boat, and he's going to use that as like the platform for which he's going to speak, sitting in the boat, and he's going to begin teaching to them. And verse 3 then says, And he told them many things in parables, saying. And from there, we're going to get the very first parable in this teaching block, the well-known parable of the sower. But before we do that, let's talk about parables in general. A parable is a down-to-earth story that makes a kingdom of God point. And sometimes that point is looked at within the parable from various angles, right? So you get kind of like one dominant theme, but maybe you're looking at it from two or three or four different angles. And Jesus, even though he was known for teaching in parables, he didn't invent them. Uh, we actually see a few parables in the Old Testament, and we have examples of Jewish rabbis that uh, used parables as well. And so this was a well-known form of teaching that Jesus is using. I will add a little bit more material to the study hub on parables, but for now, let me just highlight a few things about parables that will be helpful uh, to you as you read through these parables in Matthew 13. The first thing is this. Parables are not allegories. 
What I mean by that is we want to be sure that we don't try to find a hidden meaning in every single little detail of the parable. Instead, we want to listen for the key idea that's being illustrated by the parable. Typically, there's, like I said, one key theme, one key idea or topic that's looked at from a few different angles through the lens of those different characters in the story. Sometimes in a parable, you might just get one point without being looked at in different ways. But it's not an allegory. So don't be looking for hidden meanings in all the details. And the parables of Jesus focus on the kingdom of God, particularly here in chapter 13. And so they're a way of Jesus helping us think about what the kingdom of God is in kind of fresh, insightful ways. Oftentimes they have sort of a unique twist or an unexpected turn at the end. Not always, but that's the way it works a lot of times. Sort of like a a a joke or a story that all of a sudden takes a quick turn of surprise and therefore is kind of funny or surprising or shocking. That's how Jesus' parables work. Now, the parable that Jesus is about to tell comes right out of the ordinary farming practices of the day. In fact, that's often the way Jesus' parables work. They're very ordinary, very down-to-earth, very simple things that people could imagine, but they're comparing then a truth about God and his kingdom to that ordinary thing. And so this parable that we're going to look at in this recording comes right out of the ordinary farming practices of the day. In fact, it sounds like Jesus is merely describing a common agricultural experience. It's the kind of thing that everyone could imagine. And then he just leaves the story hanging without ever enunciating the point for the crowd. Here's how the parable goes. I'm going to read the whole thing to us right up front here. Behold, the sower went out to sow. That is the farmer, the seed planter. That's who the sower is. He's going out to sow. And in their day and age, when you sowed seed, you broadcast it, right? You have a bag, a leather bag or something that had all your seed in it. You'd grab a handful and you'd throw it out into your field. Well, as you did that, invariably, you would have some seed that went beyond the field. And so that's where the story picks up. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road. And the birds came and ate them up. Others, other seed, fell on the rocky places where the rocks had been moved to the edge of the field, right? On the rocky places where they didn't have much soil. And they sprang up immediately because they had no depth of soil. But after the sun rose, they were scorched. And because they had no root, that is, they didn't have any deep roots down into the soil, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns. And the thorns came up and choked them out. That is the weeds and the the thorns and the briars along the edges of the field. And they came up and choked them out. But others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some 60, some 30 times as much. Now, this is a fairly simple uh, down-to-earth story that the original audience had seen and experienced every single year. But clearly, those listening know that well, Jesus isn't just telling us what we see every year when it comes, you know, planting season and harvest season. They know it's a story about more than just that. So Jesus calls out, the one who has ears to hear, let him hear. And this line found in verse 9 of chapter 13 is actually important to understanding both why Jesus teaches in parables and what this particular parable, the parable of the sower, is all about. So here's the way it unfolds. After Jesus tells the story, at some point, Jesus' disciples want to know 
What was that farming story all about, Jesus? And not only that, why are you so cryptic in teaching the people in parables? So verse 10, the disciples came up and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered them, to you, that is to his disciples, that's important, to you, the 12, maybe some other disciples as well, to you who are my disciples, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, it has not been granted. So you, the insiders, the disciples, you who have gathered around me, you get to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them, the outsiders, those who haven't decided to be his disciples, to you, or to them, it's not been granted. So the question then is, well, why? Why is it granted to the disciples, but not to the crowds? Well, Jesus explains in verse 12, for whoever has to him, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Now, in this context, what in the world does this refer to? Well, it refers in context of this particular parable, it refers to having, that key word have, having a heart that's receptive. That is a heart that hears and understands and believes Jesus' teaching. That's the key thing. And so to those who have, because disciples have that kind of heart, more will be given. But to the one who doesn't have, that is, who doesn't have that kind of heart, even what they have, whatever understanding or whatever ideas they have, that's going to be taken away from them. And so if your heart isn't good, then even the little understanding that you may have is eventually going to go away and be taken away from you. Now, that's connected to this parable of the sower, but it's also connected to the very function of parables themselves. In other words, parables serve as a filter for the crowd who really wants it, who really wants to know, who really wants to grasp it and understand. Are you willing to move from being part of the crowd to being an insider with the disciples? Are you willing to make that move? Do you want to believe? Do you want to come close to Jesus' inner circle? Because if you do, then you're going to get to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. In fact, as we'll see very shortly in the explanation of this parable, this very parable, the parable of the sower, serves to achieve what this very parable teaches. Like it's serving this function of being this filter, and it's actually teaching about uh, different kinds of hearts. What's the state of your heart? And so this parable of the sower actually achieves what the parable itself teaches. Now, Jesus continues before we get to the explanation of the parable of the sower. Jesus continues explaining uh, the reason why he teaches in parables. And so he says in verse 13, therefore, I speak to them in parables uh, because they're on the outside, because they don't have that kind of heart. So I speak to them in parables because while seeing, they do not see, and while hearing, they do not understand. So they're seeing all these things from Jesus. They're hearing things from Jesus, but they're not getting it, and they don't really want to get it. Now, this line about seeing they don't see, hearing they don't hear, nor do they understand, it actually comes from Isaiah chapter 6. In fact, that's what Jesus quotes next in verses 14 and following. So let's keep reading. And in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on listening, but will not understand. You will keep on looking, but not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull with their 
ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them. Now, these words are from Isaiah chapter 6. And Isaiah 6 tells the story of Isaiah's commission to ministry. And what God is saying to Isaiah in his original context is, Isaiah, I'm going to send you out to preach, and I'm going to have you preach to these people and call to these people. And guess what? They're not going to listen. They're not going to get it. They're not going to see. They're not going to understand. But I want you to go do it anyhow. And the reason for that is because one of the effects of Isaiah's ministry will be to confirm the people in their spiritual blindness and their spiritual deafness. They don't really want to listen to God. They don't really care about God's word. That's what's going on in Isaiah 6 in the original context. And Jesus, in applying it here when he says the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled in the case of these people, he's saying, guess what? It's just like them. They have a dull heart as well. Their heart is not interested in the truth. They don't want to listen. They don't want to believe. They're just like the people of Israel in Isaiah's day. It's true in Jesus' day as well. And so the effect of Jesus' parables is going to be the same as the effect of Isaiah's ministry. The parables, Jesus is saying, I teach in them because I want to filter people out. I, I want to push them to see how bad they want it. I want to know who's willing to make the move and say, hmm, I know there's something good there. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I'm willing to move closer and try to see if I can't learn more from this one because I think he's telling me the truth. And so the parables of Jesus is going to either confirm those who don't want to believe in their unbelief, or it's going to draw those who do want to believe closer in to Jesus himself. And so he teaches in parables for that reason. Now, in contrast to the problem that marked Isaiah's generation and to the problem that marked many of those who are listening to Jesus, in contrast to that, the disciples are different. Um, in verse 16, Jesus says, But blessed are your eyes, because they see. Your eyes are the disciples. Who is explaining this to? Blessed are your eyes, because they see. Your ears, because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, and they didn't see it, and to hear what you hear, and they didn't hear it. And so what Jesus is saying is, you're blessed because you've moved in, and you're getting to see and hear, and you're listening and paying attention, and you're getting it figured out. And that's why they get more insight. That's why they get more understanding. That's why uh, the mysteries of the kingdom is revealed to them, because their heart isn't dull. They actually see and hear and understand. And so Jesus explains his parables to them. Now, we're going to look at the explanation of the parable of the sower, the parable we just read above about the farmer, the sower, who went out to sow his seed. Before we read the explanation, because I'm going to read through the whole thing with a few little comments as we go, here's just a couple observations to pay attention to as you listen to it. The first is, um, the four different kinds of soils represent four kinds of hearts. So as you hear Jesus' explanation, that's important, because he's just talked about Hearts being dull, right? So four different hearts. Not only that, um, the, the four different kinds of soil actually deal with four different ways people hear or respond to the word of God. That'll be important. So pay attention to that. And then also pay attention to what happens to the seed or the plant in each case. All right? So here's Jesus' explanation of the parable of the sower. Listen then to the parable of the sower. 
When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, this is the message that Jesus is bringing. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, and for Jesus, there's a will component to it. It's not just that it's confusing, it's that they don't take it into their heart and they don't understand it. Their heart is dull, as we saw up above. And so the heart is the instrument of hearing here, not the ears, because we're dealing with the will. And so does not understand it, the evil one, comes and snatches away what has been sown. So in the parable, it was the birds, right? The seed falls on the hard path um, and the birds came and took it away. As Jesus explains it, we're learning, oh, this has to do with a hard heart that refuses to understand, that doesn't want to get it. And so now the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown, takes the seed away from his heart. This is the one with seed beside the road. Jesus goes on in verse 20, the one sown with seed on the rocky places, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. So this person, their initial response is, yes, I love this new teaching. And they're excited about what Jesus is teaching. This makes sense and they want it. So they immediately respond to the seed quickly. Yet, verse 21, he has no firm root in himself, right? It doesn't go down deep. It's only temporary. Why? Because it's on the rocky places. So whereas the first heart was hard, this heart is shallow and it doesn't go down deep into the soil. So it has no firm root, but it's only temporary. So when affliction or persecution occurs because of the word, immediately he falls away because the soil of his heart is shallow. And as long as it was fun and pleasurable and great and joy-filled, no problem. But when it got difficult and hard, he falls away. Verse 22, the next kind, and the one sown with seed among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word and the anxiety of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So this particular person, he hears it, he listens to it, it begins to grow, but then it's like, oh, but what about this? What about that? Ooh, and if I could pursue this ambition, right, the, the deceitfulness of wealth, maybe I could, and this person has a distracted heart. So you got a hard heart, shallow heart. This one's distracted by all the worries of life, the concerns of life, by the deceitfulness of riches and wealth and stuff. And it just chokes out the word so that it can never really grow and it becomes unfruitful. And then finally, verse 23, but the one sown with seed on the good soil, where the soil has been prepared and the soil is deep and rich and soft, right? Uh, the one whose seed was sown there, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. That is, he takes it in. He receives it deeply into himself. His heart is not dull. His heart is receptive. His heart isn't hard. It's not shallow. It's not distracted. He, it's a receptive heart. And he takes it in and he grasps it and he holds on to it, this is the one who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundred, some 60, some 30 times as much. Now, that's Jesus' explanation of the parable of the sower, but it connects not only to this parable, but even to the explanation of why he teaches in parables. In that explanation, there's this grouping of ideas that stem from the Isaiah passage out of Isaiah 6. Dull hearts, seeing, hearing, and understanding. You can see some of that language in the explanation of the parable. Notice how all those ideas show up here 
with each soil hears the word. The word gets sown in his heart. Some understand, some don't, some understand a little bit. Also notice that in three out of the four cases, what is sown, the seed that is sown, even if it sprouts up for a little while, it gets taken away. Remember that Jesus had said in verse 12, for whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever doesn't have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Well, this parable illustrates that. On the hard soil, the birds snatch it away. On the rocky soil, uh, hardships come and cause it to fall away. On the thorny soil, well, it's choked out by the worries of life and riches, the deceitfulness of riches, and it's unfruitful, and it all gets taken away. Only the good soil lasts and produces fruit. Why? Because he hears it and receives the word and understands it. And so what we see in the parable of the sower is that um, your response to the word depends on the kind of heart you have. A hard heart, shallow heart, distracted heart, or a good receptive heart. And what we just saw in the preceding uh, stories in chapters 11 and 12 with this mixed reaction to Jesus is somewhat illustrated by this parable. You have all these different reactions. And what Jesus is diagnosing here is your reaction to Jesus and his ministry has something to do with what you've stored up in your heart, with the nature of your heart, with what's going in your heart, because your heart is the control center of your person. The heart is really where your will is at, and it determines what you want in life. And so as we wrap up this parable here and this initial part of this large teaching block, let me just offer a couple of things we learn about spiritual dynamics here in this section of Matthew 13. The first thing is, as I just noted, hearing is a heart issue. In fact, one of the words for obey in Hebrew and Greek actually comes from the very word to hear. So to hear isn't just to hear the sounds. To hear is to listen and to understand and to put it into practice. And that's a hard issue. And that's what's wrong with Jesus' opponents. It's not their ears that are a problem. They can hear Jesus' teaching. It's not their eyes that are a problem. They can see Jesus' miracles. What's wrong with them is their hearts. And then on that theme, what we see here then in this particular parable, the parable of the sower, is that Jesus diagnoses four kinds of heart. I've mentioned them already. The hard heart. The hard heart refuses to get it. The hard heart won't listen. The hard heart just can't understand because it doesn't want to understand. It's like, ah, that's too complicated. Oh, that takes too much time. Oh, just quit, you know, knocking down all my ideas. Oh, it's whatever, right? And the hard heart just is uninterested and doesn't want to take the time to actually listen to Jesus and figure it out. It's a hard heart. There's also the shallow heart. Shallow heart gets excited, responds quickly. And I've known plenty of people like this in ministry. They got all excited. They responded quickly. But then when the going gets tough, they bail. That's the shallow heart. There's also the distracted heart. Now, it sounds good, but what about, what about? And their heart is consumed by the worries of life and chasing after pleasure and possessions. And so their heart's just distracted and it never puts down deep roots and the plant never really grows to maturity. And then there's the good heart. And it receives the word. It takes it into itself. It understands it, which remember, understanding has to do with uh, your heart. And so it's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this. I'm going to take this in. And they want to know. And as a result, it bears good fruit. So the question for you and for I is, what kind of heart do we have? 
A disciple has a good, receptive, understanding heart, and a disciple, therefore, grows to maturity and bears good fruit. Not all the same amount of fruit, some 100, some 60, some 30, but it bears, produces real, lasting, good fruit because its roots go down deep into Jesus and his message and his teaching and his kingdom. And so, what kind of heart do you and I have? All right, thanks for tuning into this session on the listener's commentary on the Gospel of Matthew. The listener's commentary is a listener-supported, crowd-funded Bible teaching ministry that's made possible by the generosity of people just like you. So let me just say thanks a ton for your support and your generosity. Because of you, God is bearing good fruit in the lives of thousands of people all around the world. And that is only possible because of your kingdom vision and your generosity. So thanks a ton. May God bless you for it.